Welcome to this message from Shofar Christian Church. May you experience God's grace as you listen to this word being preached. This is going to be so awkward if I'm going to be talking to you, so I'm going to point that way. So, um, yeah, I get to say nice things about Stefan and Lauren tonight. That's really easy, so that's good. I actually met both of them while I was still at university. Stefan and me went on a mission in my first year. I don't think I'll ever forget the weekend that I met Lauren. It was one of those, like, free, I think we called it Freedom Weekends, which was like a a weekend of praise and worship and ministry that we did in Stellenbosch. And I remember Lauren was kind of a co-facilitator. And she came to the front of the stage and she brought a few prophetic words. And if I remember correctly, I was just like, this is either going to be right or it's going to be wrong. And if it's wrong, everyone is going to know about it. It was like one of those prophetic words where there's not a lot of vagueness, you know. You can't like be, it's not generally applicable to everybody. It's very specific. And she was, firstly, she came and she shared it with, like, heavy faith. She was, you could see, she knows that person is in this crowd. And they just, if they don't raise their hands, they must just man up, you know, because that person is here. But she was right as well. I think you brought, like, three prophetic words. And all of them were spot on. And um, I actually, well, you might not remember, but I, that's the only thing I remember from that weekend. And I also, that was actually, for me, a very significant weekend. Because I... I had rarely seen the prophetic gift operate um, like that before. And I realized that weekend, like, the prophetic is real, and it's powerful. And the impact that it had on those people's lives were, like, evident. And I just, I, I really want to honor you um, for, the, for the gift that you bless us with and the gift that you have. Um, we've all received, you know, from, from that in your time here. You really have an ability to, like, speak the truth contextually. I think God gives you sometimes like a download of people's situation without you knowing it. And then you can, you can speak into that situation in ways that in my life as well, I haven't been able to see. So just thank you a lot for that. And Stefan, if you spent like five minutes with Stefan, you know, he's got like a, a real heart for people. Like if he looks at you, just try, just try a conversation with Stefan. Just like the way that he looks at you, his attention is not like, like Benjamin can be running around and doing all these things, but he's like, he's focused on you. And, um, you know, I really just want to honor you. A while back, we had a, a conversation and we spoke about that verse um, where Paul says to one of the churches, he says, you've got many teachers, but not many fathers. And I really want to just honor you as a, as a father in the faith. You know, the difference between a, a teacher and a father is a teacher, you can teach people as like an occupation or a job, but a father invests his life in those that he's raising up. And Stefan is really someone who, in the time that he's, he's been in ministry here, and well, just in general in his life, he, he, he invests himself um, in people. I really think that you've, you've, taken the ident- you've, you've, you've taken it very seriously to understand your identity of Christ and taken ownership for, for his bride. And I just really, really want to honor you um, for that and say thank you. And I know you guys are not leaving, praise God for that, but you'll be here still just in another role. And when I was praying for you guys, um, I actually just felt that even though you might not be in full-time ministry anymore, that you're still going to have many um, spiritual children. There's that verse that says in Psalm 127, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gates. 
And you know, we're really praying for you guys and trusting that we know you're already leaving a legacy. We are part of your legacy, but that that will just grow and that your house and your lives will be filled with, with spiritual children who the Lord raises up through you, through you using your gifts if it's in a new context. But yeah, just bless you guys. I don't know. I think I'm not supposed to pray, so. Um, I want to link on to a lot of what Cornell just said. And I think um, what I've appreciated from you guys the most is your passion for people and your um, willingness to invest in people's lives. And um, how I think an example of how I experienced it was um, while... Um, the Santon Church was being planted. Um, one Sunday we were in Randburg and um, we were all being sent from Randburg. And Lauren and I sat on the back, um, at the back on that couch. And I've been walking around with this desire to preach, but I didn't know like what to do with it or it was just actually frustrating me. And then Lauren was, just looked at me, she's like, do you want to preach? And I'm like, yes, I do. She said, okay, cool. Um, she's going to organize something. And then uh, a few weeks later, I preached in Santon. And in the beginning of this year, I preached again. And I think um, during that time, I just experienced so much uh, that you um, believe, that you really invested in it and that you guys believe that it's part of God's plan for me. And I mean, mine is just an example, but it's true for everyone that um, you guys commit to people's lives. And um, I also know, and I think what I learned from it the most is the fact that it was not because you were in a certain position that you guys do that. Um, it's just who you are. And you used your position to empower people, but you are going to continue to do this, to invest in people because you love people and you love God's church. And that is what really inspires me about you guys. Cliff, I should have gone first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how everybody just talks. I have notes. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's so cool to honor you guys. I don't think there's enough words or prophetic flags or <laughs> parties or coffees that could honor you guys for what you've done in the last year or two. Um, but what I did get was John 14, and it's that scripture where he says that um, anybody who believes in me will done even greater works than I did. And I just feel like that's your calling. Like, that's your house's calling and your marriage calling more than anything else. Lau, I mean, the times we've laughed and just been crazy. I love you because we are the only ones that could be crazy together. And Stefan as well, I just want to echo what Cornell said. You're such a dad, um, a cool dad. Cool dad, I'll give it to you. Um, but just fathering everyone and loud, just inspiring. I mean, there's times that you were the only one at intercession and you were praying like revival <laughs> rapture was on the doorstep the next day. And it's inspiring to see. There's some words I wrote here and I said, fiercely expecting. And that's what I feel like both of you are. You're always ready for more, ready for miracles. And I know the next season will be even more miracles for both of you. I can't wait for your 
third baby. Um, I can't wait for the miracles happening in your household, the people you're inviting there, Stefan, the people in your company, Lau, all the moms in Parkest <laughs> with their Porsches and their um, babysitters and what else. Um, so I'm excited to see. I know there's a lot of souls in heaven that you've brought there, and there's riches in heaven that we can't even imagine, but I know there's some riches in, on earth that the Lord will release over you guys. So I'm excited to see you in the next season, and I bless you with all the riches of heaven. Amen. Um, yeah, I think we've walked a long path together, and I really, I really appreciate you. Um, when I joined Shofar, there was one small group in Santon, and I was with Stefan and Lauren in that small group um, before they were even dating. And so I got to know them um, for, a, for a year or so before, before that. Um, and it was such a privilege to, to get to know the two of you. Um, yeah, and to get to know just the people you were. And to me, almost to get to know you after marriage as well, because I think you're really such a testimony of God putting people together and almost as a couple, they become more powerful than they were as individuals. And I mean, it was, to me, it was just so clear the moment you got married, there was just, there was just this amazing synergy between the two of you. And yeah, I think you, you served the church so well so far. Um, and it, it wasn't, it was, I think with the two of you, it was never a thing of you know, a title of pastor or something. It was just who you were. You were just the people that served the church. And I think that's what encourages me, like even with you stepping down as pastors and so on, it's, it's, it's not going to change who you, were, who you are, you know, and, and, and who you, you will always be. So I'm still looking forward to you continuing to sow into the church. Um, I, I was thinking now, while, while everybody was talking, one of the sermon series is that Stefan did um, when we just started the Santon congregation, he did about a culture of honor. Um, and it's such a privilege to honor the two of you for how you sowed into our lives. And, you know, like even with that sermon series, how it just stuck, you know, it's, it's something of who we want to be, you know, and who, what we want to represent. And I think there's so much in this congregation that I think just speaks so about who you, who you are, you know. I think like... Even like, I mean, when the church was planted, it, for you, both of you, it was such a step of obedience. You know, it was almost at a very inconvenient time for you. You know, you had a, you had a fairly new job. You know, you, you had the baby, the coming. And I mean, it was such an inconvenient time. And I mean, you were just so obedient. And I think that's something that kind of stuck in the church. And I think another thing that really is a testimony is I think we really became a church that you know, it's not about the pastors because you didn't have the capacity. So it was, I think, your obedience shown through, you know, everything we do because I think still it, it's spread as a culture of the way we do things because we need to. And, yeah, I appreciate that so much of you. And I must say, I, I was telling, I was speaking to Andre, like, when I heard you were stepping down, I'm like, I'm so nervous we're going to lose that. But but thank you for, for imparting that. And thank you for really creating an atmosphere where, it never felt like, you know, when we, when we, you know, when I came to talk to you for anything, you know, like we wanted to do something for missions. It never felt like I was asking you for a favor. It was always like you were so encouraging. You were so, yeah, you were so just run with it. Um, and it was such a privilege to, to do this with you. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to continuing to do church with you guys. <laughs> Thank you. I, um, 
It's so, such a blessing to have, um, this is just on the side, um, have older women that can speak into your life. And I, um, a big thing that God has done, you know, I mean, through us and in us is, is really bring alignment, you know, an alignment around truth and the word and how, how things should be, you know, it should be that, you know, there's not a Superman pastor that does everything, you know, but it should be that everyone brings their gifts. And, and that's really something God did. Like, God did that. You know, it just happened to be the circumstances. But um, I'll never forget, you know, certain things just happening. Um, Stefan was preaching one night, and he spoke, and it was really powerful. And I was standing there, and I, I normally say, you know, I'm really, like, testing, Holy Spirit, is this you? Is this for me? Should I share it now? Is it something I should pray into, you know? And, um, and I just I took the mic, and I just shared and Tani Corin was here, Harki's mom. And she called me to the side afterwards and she said, Lauren, I'm going to challenge you that you're never going to speak after your husband again. <laughs> I want to challenge you to not speak after him, you know, to, to give him the space to be the one that shares. And I was like, what? Mm, that's, I don't like that, you know. <laughs> um, I've got a prophetic gift as well. And and just things like that happening, you know, in the last two years. And it was just, it's not a given forever. I'm never going to speak after Stefan. But it was just small things that Lord, the Lord was doing, you know. And he was making sure that there's order. And, you know, and, um, but yeah, I just, I'm just, you know, I'm so in awe. Because we got this message, you know, celebration of Stefan and Lauren. And I... It's like that's cool. That's that's awesome. But I I can honestly say that it was the grace of God. It was by the grace of God that we were able to do what we did. And I just remember so many times just crying out to God and just saying, I don't feel like I have the capacity for this. You know, and 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 then he's like, but it it was in obedience. And he was saying, I'm increasing your capacity to carry my glory. Because if you had the capacity for this, then would you really have to continuously depend on me in all circumstances? You know, and and I'm for the, I'm so thankful for that. I'm I'm thankful for how he he challenged us so often just to know not go with the flow, you know, and to yeah, and um and so I just I just know that if God could use me, a sinner, <laughs> saved by grace, to, to lead a church, you know, like he can use anyone to do anything. <laughs> because he just always took me back to a pure heart, a repentant heart, a heart that loves the church, a heart that's willing to serve no matter what, you know. And, um, and it's so beautiful to see each one of the faces that has come and that has served, and, you know, I, I realize now that being in a leadership position is a very exposing thing, <laughs> and I was, I didn't want this position because I'm such a performance-driven person, and I hate failure, and I hate, like, I really dislike <laughs> breaking, you know, like, not meeting people's expectations, and I can honestly say that God's delivered me of that, you know. I can honestly say that I disappointed people and he had to say it's okay because I've stepped into that space, you know. And, 
And it doesn't matter what people's expectations of you are because in my eyes, you're doing well. And um, yeah, and so I'm going to challenge all those striving and performance people. Put yourself into, into a situation that you feel you can't handle, you can't do, because then you just see how good and how gracious he is. And um, yeah, and so today I just really want to honor God. And I just, last thing I want to share, I mean, Stefan will share other things, but this journey, you know, I, I'm really thankful for it because there's certain thing that's, things that have happened in my relationship with God, in my relationship towards the church, in my idea of what obedience looks like, in my idea of what ministry looks like, in my idea of my calling, and that God has just brought into his order. But one thing that has forever changed me is I remember Stefan and I were, it was our anniversary, I can't remember which one, but we were sitting there, and I, I think it was just before we planted the church, and I saw this picture of him and I sitting in this castle, and we were drinking tea, and we were having cake, and we were just enjoying each other, and we were spending time together, and you know, I come from a family where my dad left when I was six months old, and I never had any brothers, so a man's attention was like foreign to me. And when I got married, Stefan really loved me well. And he, we laughed together and we enjoyed each other so much. And, and we were enjoying the, in this vision and we were enjoying each other so much. And then I, I heard the sound of a, a chauffeur outside. And it was a time for war. And I heard the sound of the, the horses coming. And Stefan got up and he, and he just said to me, like he said, I have to go. And I was like, no. <laughs> I don't want you to go. I want you all to myself. <laughs> and, and I just, in this picture, I saw myself putting his breastplate of righteousness on. And I just said to him, go. You have to go fight this battle. You have to. And I'm here. And the kids will be fine. And I'll hold the fort. And I realized that our marriage isn't about him fulfilling my need. Or him, you know, creating a place of safety or emotional security. Yes, he does that. But but Jesus will always be that, no matter what. And if I'm missing the gospel and I'm missing the kingdom, if I'm trying to hold him to myself. And, and it's, it's played out and it will continue to play out for the rest of my life. Because I have to look at if he's going on business trips, if he's having to work late, if he's having to meet with people for discipleship or whatever. Am I, can I go, I bless you, I send you. And I didn't get it right. I can honestly say when he went to Austria in January this year was the first time that the kids and I stood with him waiting for the Uber. We laid on hands. We said, we send you. We bless you. And that week, there was not one issue. There was so much grace. I didn't wait for him to come back, you know. And, um, and I'm thankful for that because there will be times. We're back now in a season of drinking tea and cake, eh? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that just that that was also just such a testimony for me. Um, and I'm speaking much longer. Last thing is, I really, I just want to honor one or two, like all of you have loved us so well, but I really want to honor Henny and Rochelle. Like, I remember Henny, I think we were able to celebrate individuals, you know, like Lisa said, and invest in them because we saw it done to us. <laughs> Henny did that exact thing with us, said he called it out in us, he invested in us, he, he was the first one that 
gave me understanding around my gifting that no other male in our movement had ever, and God had to have me okay with it receiving it from him, but Henny being able to call things out, you know, and then even just Rochelle, you know, and myself and our journey together and the, the place where Rochelle really allowed me to, she, she allowed me to refine, you know, in, in, in our individual gifts and to see different gifts working together. And yeah, and I just want to honor the two of you and your obedience and Rochelle, your combination of prophetic and mercy is something I've never seen before. And, and the Lord just showed me recently, like, like he comes in and he prays for the woman with the flow of blood, you know, and she gets healed, but then he moves on and you sit with her afterwards, you know, and the woman, you know, Talita that died or is dead and her husband's out, where's Jesus? You sitting with the mom and you're going, she's going to be okay. You know, and I just think, don't ever underestimate that. Don't ever underestimate the power and impact that your mother heart and your mercy heart and the things that drive you and the passion. And, yeah, and God has really chosen you. Um, yeah, and then just, Henny, you are an amazing leader. Like, you're amazing. You've been a father to us as well. Um, yeah, and just, just your, your ability to give us space. And then, yeah, Hadre and Mezen, we love you. We're excited about the journey ahead and to partner and continue to partner. And um, we know that your combination of gifts as well is what the church needs now to build, to create firm like firm structures for the nets, for the people to come in. And we bless you in that. And then I just want to honor Bianca and Elizabeth. Um, they've been such good friends to me in the last two years. They've carried me. They've listened to me. They've invested in me. And um, I'm a very independent woman that would often just go alone. And I remember seven, five years ago, I had a prophetic word. Someone came to me and they said, you like to go alone. <laughs> and you like to go far, but you're not going to get very far. <laughs> and they just saw this picture of this corset being put around my, my waist and the thing about a corset is that the ropes are at the back. You can't tie your own corset. And I would be naked and bare. I would be walking around trying to hold this corset up if I didn't have someone behind me. You know, and I just want to honor you. You know, Lenka's also been there. Kath, there's so many people that have been there just holding up our arms, you know, when we needed. Mezen as well and so many. And, but I just want to thank you for that. Okay. Amen. Just jokes. I have lots to say. Um, I'll try to keep it short. Um, I, f I feel like I want to say thank you for humoring us. <laughs> These are, uh, you know, 30-year-olds that are, you know, pretending to be pastors. And thanks, you, thanks for just going with it and uh, just winging it with us. Um, we love you for that. And um, I, I was just thinking during worship, I, I want to say thank you to the guys who spoke, um, the, the four or so of you who spoke beforehand, your words really um, blessed me. Um, I was thinking in worship um, beforehand, before we, when we live, before we live now, we, we live just like a stone's throw from here, and um, there'd been a bit of a build-up in terms of God speaking to us about planting a church in Santon. There were many people that brought words about worship evenings in Santon, and that kind of picked up momentum, and there was... 
lots of confirmation, and Jan George and Christine were still here, and they were, they were on board, and, and we were also very excited, but we, it never crossed our mind that we would be asked to lead it. Um, I think we would have been a lot less excited if, if we knew that up front. Um, and then Annie asked us, and it, it was such an honor even just to be asked to lead a group of people like this and to lead a church plant like this. Um, but I, I wasn't sure initially. I just I wasn't sure if this was what we needed to do. And, and I remember like one day I asked him for some time to, to give him an answer. Um, and I remember we were sitting in that house and I... I I, I, I just had such a burden. I've, 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 I felt like physically nauseous sitting in that house with this burden. And I, I felt so lonely in a way. Um, I felt so alone. And it was just a strange experience. And I just, I said to Lauren, um, kids are yours. I'm going into the inner room. <laughs> I need to figure out what's going on inside of me. And, and I, just, I just started worshiping God. And he gave me the scripture in Isaiah 6 where he says, you know, who will go for us? Who will we send? And, um, and I just felt like the Lord himself was asking me, you know, will you go for me? And there was such a fear of the Lord on me in that moment. I was just like, wow, you know, this, is, this, is, this, this feels too big for me. But, but if you ask me, God, then you must see something that I don't see. So, yes, Lord, yes. And... Um, and I, I just felt such a peace. I just felt such a lightness descend over me. And, and so I just want to honor God for the way that he loves his bride and the, the way that he builds up the body of Christ and that he chooses, like Lauren said, like broken and sometimes just stupid people and does like glorious things. And, um, and, and so I just want to bless him and honor him. And um, giving me the grace for us to obey him in this season, and um, and 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 just and I think initially I thought like I thought like we're doing God a favor, you know. I thought we're doing this thing for God, you know. I need someone, and we've put up our hands, and we're just taking one for the team, and and um, and the stuff God did in our hearts, and in our marriage, and in our family. I, you know, it's just like eternal stuff, and I'm just so grateful for that to God, and um, I do want to, I do want to um, thank all of you at the risk of this sounding like an Oscar acceptance speech, um, but I, what Philip said was really, it was something we trusted for because we believe that that's how God wants to do church, but also because it was a necessity, and I know that they, they felt, they felt a heavier and a bigger burden on many of you than they would have were they a full-time appointed pastor. And um, I just honor you for the way that you did that. Like Scripture says, do everything you do as unto the Lord. And I just feel like you guys did that so well, and you're doing it so well. And, and serving His body is such, a, is such an honor. Um, I want to I wanna just thank um, and honor Lauren, um, who has just... Um, backed me and supported me and, and prayed for this church, like even before we knew the church would be planted, just birthing stuff on our face in our house and when we were overseas and, and um, how she really placed herself second and, um, and allowed me to, to be in front sometimes, and which is, you know, Lauren told me this weekend that she was Victrix Ladorum in, in primary school. She's one of those people who like... 
you know, academics and sport and super overachiever. And, um, and she, she grew up in a family of strong, independent women. And she has a, a huge calling on her life. And she's purpose-driven by nature. And so this season also just, there was a lot of dying that needed to happen. <laughs> and, um, and you did that so gracefully. And I just thank you for, I really appreciate the fact that you championed me. And um, thank you for that. And I want to thank you, Annie, as well. Um, I, yo, but thanks, Annie. <laughs> um, yo, you're like one of the best leaders that I know. And it's such a privilege to serve along you. And uh, we love you. And um, to Andre and Mason as well. You guys were amazing support and amazing friends to us throughout the journey. You came in here um, when the church had just been planted sort of six months or so. And, um, and, and, and we were struggling a little bit then, to be honest, in this role. We were, you know, some of our insecurities, there were being buttons were being pushed. And um, it was a difficult time for us. And, and you were just so excited about what God was doing in the church and that gave us like a Twitter awesome, you know. And, um, and thanks for praying with us and holding up our arms and loving us. And just where our weaknesses are, just like pouring your strength into those areas. Um, really, really appreciate it. And we're excited about the role that you'll play in the church going forward. Um, like they said earlier, we, we're not leaving. Um, we, when we said yes, we also felt like our role as pastors of this church would be for a season. Um, specifically for the laying of the foundations, um, and like, you, like God spoke clearly to us about that, and He also spoke clearly to us about when that season was over. Um, Henny's asked us to, to stay on as elders, and, um, and we feel honored, and we're going to do that. Um, we have felt that it's important for us to um, step back for a while um, from, from formal ministry, so from preaching and facilitating and signing up and everything that's on a run sheet and that kind of thing, um, and as well as like leaders meetings and, and those kind of things. We're taking a step back from that until the end of June um, when we'll step in again as active elders, um, but we do want to say we're not taking a break and we're not stepping back from relationship or uh, being church members or uh, being Christians. <laughs> we still want to live the gospel and love the people and all of that. <laughs> Um, just in a, in a very different capacity. Um, so we're still very much present. You'll see lots of us, um, maybe not in the front, but certainly also oh, lucky to stand at the back and worship <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, before you pray for us, I'd just like to pray as well. Um, and uh, Lord Jesus, we just, um, we just honor you, Lord. We just say that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we thank you that you are coming back for a pure and a spotless bride, Lord. And we just say, continue, Lord, your purification, Lord, of us as a, as a part of your bride, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you are edifying the body. We thank you that we can look to you as the head of the church, that we do not have to look to any one man as the head of the church, but Jesus, that you are essentially the head of the church, and that we are the body, many functions, Lord. We just... Lord, we, we just honor you, Lord, for everything, Lord, that you have established in this church, Lord, Father, over the last two and a half years, Lord. 
Lord, we thank you for every life that was changed, Lord Jesus. We thank you for every soul that was saved. We thank you for every baptism, every infilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you for every healing, God. We thank you for every deliverance, Father God. We thank you for discipleship opportunities, Lord. We just thank you for a culture of honor, Father God. We thank you for a love for your presence, Lord. We thank you for missions teams that have gone out, Lord. We thank you for just momentum in the Spirit, Lord. And, um, and we, yeah, Lord, we just, we just give ourselves to you again tonight, Lord, as instruments, Lord, in your hands. All of us, Lord. And we just say, Lord, we want to be effective instruments in your hand, Lord, and use us in the way that you see fit, Father. I do have a piece to pray after him. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Father, I just want to release, God, over this congregation, Father, a heart that runs hard after you, Father. I thank you that we can break all fear now of living a radical life because of the suffering, Lord, that it might come with, Lord. We thank you for hearts and eyes that will see. We pray for the opening of our spiritual eyes and our ears to hear what it is that the Spirit is saying to the church, Father. I thank you, God. I just see multiple fires just going across from this place, Father, from our small groups, God. And I, I'm reminded of a prophetic word, Lord God, that, that, um, that C.S. gave us, Father. And he, he just said that there, there will be a tree, a tree that is chopped down, but at his, and it will come suddenly. But as it is chopped down, multiple trees will sprout up and bear much fruit. And right now I'm reminded, Lord, that our almost removal from leadership is a quick and sudden process, God, but you knew all along, Father. And I thank you, God, that every soul and spirit and flesh in this place, Lord God, will be mighty trees that will bear so much fruit, Father. Yeah, and God, we just thank you for the harvest in this church that will come in, Lord, the souls that will get saved, Father, through our loving and sharing the gospel to those in our workplaces and our families and our neighbors in every sphere of influence. And so we thank you, Father, that you are the one that is building your church. You are building your church, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. The elders and deacons can just come up that we can just pray for them. And everybody that would like to pray, so then everybody come. <laughs> everybody. We'd also just like to give you a gift from us. No? <laughs> um, and there's a few words in there that people sent during the week, and everybody prayed, and everybody sent word, and everybody loves you very dearly. Yeah, just before we pray for you, I just wanted to um, also say a few things. Um, I um, I can say, you know, without a doubt that um, Stefan and Lauren are two of the most gifted leaders I've ever worked with, and I worked with a lot of gifted leaders. And, um, uh, you know, Stefan is wise beyond his years, you know. He's, <laughs> you, you, he's, he's, he's a, a relatively young man, but he's, he's got a, a very... A wise soul, and um, I think that's that's a that's that's a really gift that that I think connects also with that old father thing, mm-hmm. and and it's it's so beautiful to me that you know from where God took you, um, to to where He's brought you to now, where where you, you in a sense uh, felt very fatherless, 
Uh, and now God has fathered you and turned you in, into someone through whom he can father others as well. And that's, that's really beautiful to me. Uh, and, and just a, a testimony of, of, of God's grace in your life. And um, Lauren, uh, I remember, um, when was it? Uh, it was before we, this, this congregation was planted. Uh, Heinrich, I obviously took over as pastor from Heinrich. He, he'd been pastoring the church for a couple of years. And, you know, he, they went down. God sent them uh, down to Somerset West. And uh, we came up, and uh, you know, it obviously was you know a big delight whenever they came to visit, and, and Heinrich came to visit, and all, all kinds of you know difficult things going on in the church, and you know with Fred and Lucille and so on. Um, and Heinrich was preaching in the morning service, and, and Lauren came to me after the service, and she said, "We must pray for Heinrich. He's going to be the next leader of Shofar." And I'm like, "Hang on, you know, <laughs> what?" <laughs> You know, Fred was still the leader of Shofar, and there, you know, nothing, there was nothing on the horizon, no indication that anything was going to change in, in, in that sort of department. And, you know, I was, I was actually very nervous about this, but <laughs> Lauren insisted, and I'm like, okay, I'm with you, you know. So um, I think we got oil or something, didn't we? And we sat Heinrich down. And I must say, like I said, I was a bit uncomfortable, but I just said, okay, I'm going to go with this. And we prayed for Heinrich, and we actually anointed him. And that was a couple of months before. He then got appointed. It might have been longer. It might have been a year. I can't remember. It might have been about a year, um, you know, before he got appointed. And, uh, you know, just ex- confirming what um, Cornell was saying, just about the prophetic gift that you had, that you have, and that, you know, it, it's so evident in your life. But I also like the fact that it's, it's not primarily because they gifted that God chose them and God used them. And, in fact, God used them in such a way that their brokenness and their insecurities and their failures and their, their humanness shone through, um, you know, so that no one, no one of us can say, oh, God only uses gifted people. God uses all of us. And the same grace that God poured out on them to use them um, beyond their capacity is the same grace God pours out on all of us to use us even beyond our capacity. Um, and I, and I want to encourage you, let's, let's learn that lesson from, from Stefan and Lauren, that, that God wants to use all of us. Um, and, and when he calls us to do something, when he calls us to, to lead in a certain way, he often calls us to do something that we would not have chosen ourselves, number one, and that we, don't, that we know actually that we are not able to do in ourselves. And then he gives us the grace to do it so that the glory goes to him and not to us. Um, and, and just one other thing that I, I'd like to encourage you um, to emulate in, in Stefan and Lauren is um, I've, I've, one of the things that really stand out to me about them is just their, their hunger to learn um, and their hunger for the Lord. Um, th- there are certain people as a pastor, I can, I can tell you, when I spend time with, with them, it's as though they just draw stuff out of me <laughs> because of their hunger. Um, and, and I want to encourage you, we should all be like that. We should all be hungry like children uh, and, and hungry for God and hungry to learn. I, I saw a nice little quote from Winston Churchill. He says, I, I'm, I'm always eager to learn, but I don't always like being taught. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let's be honest, we all, we all sometimes like that. But whenever, whenever I'm with them and whenever I spend time with them, it's as though God speaks through me, even, even when I don't feel like I'm in a place where God should 
speak through me, you know, but it's, it's because of, of your hunger. And, and, and that hunger is, is also not just a hunger to learn and to grow, but a hunger for the Lord and for His presence. Um, and I really think that's something that we can learn from, from them and that we should all have uh, a deep hunger from God and a deep hunger to learn and to, to grow. So I just want to honor you and commend you for that. Um, and, and thank you. Thank you for serving us in this leadership capacity and, and, and position. May the Lord continue to bless you. And you, it's going to shift, and it, it's not going to be a pastoral position anymore, it's gonna be, but it's still going to be an eldership position, and, and you're still going to have a very significant role to play. And we look forward to continuing to receive from you. Father God, we just want to bring Stephen and Lauren to you, and we just want to thank you for them, Lord. Lord, your word says in Ephesians 4 that you are the one who gives some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the building up of the body of Christ. And thank you, Lord God, that, that you gave them, Lord God, for this season in a, in a pastoral capacity, Lord God. Thank you that we could receive from them. Thank you for all the blessings that flowed through them. Thank you for their strengths and their weaknesses, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that your strength is made perfect in their weakness, Lord. And, and thank you, Lord, that that is encouraging to us because uh, you do, do the same with us, Lord. Despite our weaknesses, you minister through all of us. And, and we pray, Lord, that that will continue to happen, Lord, in this congregation in Jesus' name. And we just want to thank you, Lord, that you will not forget their labor of love. Thank you that you saw the sacrifices that they made, Lord God. And, and thank you, Lord, that you are no man's debtor, Lord. And thank you that you have been blessing them for it and that you'll continue to bless them for it. And as they continue to <clears throat> live for you, Lord, and, and serve your church, Lord, thank you that you continue to bless them. Thank you that you continue to draw them closer to yourself. Thank you that you continue to say to them, open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Yeah. And, and we just consecrate them to you, and we ask, Lord, for all your richest blessings upon them. In Jesus' name. Yeah, Father, through, all the, through the season, however brief it was, um, God, it was a, such a big and significant change. And as everyone has said, God, we, we pray that much of this will still set in and that they will process it. And even in the, in the lives of, of everyone here, Father God, that this will be processed. Um, and God, that the legacy will be, will be more alive and well even now than it, than it was last year, Father. Mm. Um, thank you, God, for what you're doing in the church globally, yes. not just here. Yes, and that we can be part of that, sure. God, that you are raising up your church. You are raising up mm. our bride. You are raising up a people of we don't understand much yet, Father God. Yeah. But it's so cool to be part of it, God. Amen. It's such a privilege to be part of it, Lord. Yes, may, we, may we, alongside them, just continue to look to what it feels like to be your bride, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you for the blessing that there are, the gifts that you have given to us in them, Father. Thank you for their faithfulness, Father. Thank you just for their sacrifice, their absolute love for you, Father, that we can just see in them, Father, that 
They love people, but above all, they love you passionately, Father, and they yearn to spend more time with you, Father. Thank you just for the example they set, Father, and the culture they established, established through you in this church, Father. And Father, I just agree with you now. I just pray a blessing over them, Father. Father, we pray, just as you said prophetically for the church, that the pruning season is over and it's time of bearing fruit. We just come and speak it over them, Father. We pray that they will have fruit that is beautiful, that will draw people that is unsaved to come and eat from, Father. I pray that they will see salvation, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yeah, Father, I just want to pray Numbers 6, um, verse 24 over them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Yeah, Father, I just thank you for this family, God, for the Cronier family and for the way that they just display the fear of the Lord um, that we could learn from them in their season, God. Yeah, we just, we bless them in your name, Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servants. Enjoy the rest. As you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Rest with me as I fill you up. I am your father. I know what you need. And I will keep in each and every promise that I've spoken to you, to you both. You know my heart. Seek me and you will find me. Ask and it shall be given to you. Before we, we go on, I just want to, um, and, and I hope Cornell doesn't mind, I just want to correct something that Cornell said because I think he, he had a bit of a slip of the tongue. He said, um, Lauren and Stefan are not going to be in full-time ministry anymore. They are because all of us are in full-time ministry. But I think what he meant was they're not going to be in vocational ministry. Um, and, and, I th- and I think that's, that's important for me to say because I, 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 want, I want all of you to know very clearly when you put on your work shoes and, and go to, to the office on a Monday morning, you are as much a minister as Stefan and Lauren were in a pastoral capacity. So when you go out to work, that's, that's your calling. When God says, of all of us, whom shall I send? Whom shall I send to Deloitte? Whom shall I send to be a teacher? Whom shall I send to be a doctor? Whom shall I send to be a lawyer? Whom shall I send wherever, to FNB or so? Um, we're all in full-time ministry. We're all called to where we are now. And we're all ministers where we are now. Uh, full-time ministers. Um, uh, not, not, maybe not vocational ministers like I am a, as, a, as a pastor, but, but, but certainly marketplace ministers. And I, th- and, I, and I want us to encourage all of us to think of ourselves in that way. Uh, to think of our work, to think of our family, to think of all of those things as ministry. And I, and I know that's what Cornell meant. He, he just used um, full-time ministry because that's the word we always use. Um, so, um, yeah. Lord, I just want to bless every person here and send every person, Lord God, by your grace, Lord, into the, the ministry that you have called them to, Lord, in the marketplace or wherever it is, Lord God, as a as a homemaker or a, or a banker or a whatever, Lord God. Um, and, and I thank you, Lord God, that, that 
Lord, we can go, Lord, and live the gospel and love the people and obey the Spirit wherever we are, every day, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I just want to um, call, um, oh wait, before, before I ask them to come forward, I'm going to ask Andre and Mason to come forward in a moment, but I just want to read a couple of scriptures, and I'm going to try not to say too much. I think the scriptures are, are very clear because we're going to, we also tonight ordaining them um, and especially Andre as, as a pastor he's going to be the assistant pastor both here and in Randburg. So let me just um, read a couple of scriptures. I'm going to read all the scriptures that are up on the board. Um, most of them are for First and Second Timothy because Timothy was also a pastor who was ordained um, in the church in Ephesus uh, to, to pastor and to lead the church. So um, in 1 Timothy 4, from verse 6 to 16, Paul says, If you put these things before the brothers, uh, that should actually be brothers and sisters, um, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is faith is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Um, I mean, we, we understand, uh, and, and I'm speaking to a crowd that is young and fit and healthy and likes physical training, and, and the Bible says that's good, because physical training definitely has some value. But as much as physical training is good for you, Godliness, training yourself in godliness is even more good for you. Um, you know, just like eating healthy is good for you, so eating healthy spiritually is even more good for us, right? So let's, let's take that to heart. For to this end we toil and strive because uh, we have our hopes set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth. Now, Andre is a bit, more older, a bit older than I think Timothy was. Timothy was a teenager when, when, when Paul actually commissioned him. Um, let no, no one despise you, uh, your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given to you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things, immerse yourself in them, so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on your teaching. Persist in this, for by, doing, for by so doing you will save both yourself and your hearers. And um, as ministers, we, we must pay, and, and, and like I say, we believe every member is a minister. We strongly believe that. That's one of our fundamental values as a church. Every member is a minister. Um, the five, so-called fivefold ministry, uh, apostles, pastor, uh, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are not there to do the work of the ministry, but there to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And Paul here mentions two things. He mentions us paying close attention to the word, learning the word, 
so that we can live the word. I was speaking this morning about we, we need to look at the gospel and look through the gospel until we can live out the gospel. And that's important. The, the, the word of God and especially the gospel must, must settle so, so deep into our hearts that we saturate with the gospel and that we live it out in every area of our lives. But he, he doesn't only say, watch your teaching, watch your doctrine. He says, watch your self and your life. In other words, we minister not just with the knowledge we have when we minister the word. We minister with our lives, our very lives. And like Andre, we are all called to, um, to do that. Second Timothy 1 verse 6 to 14 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And, you know, I think that's one of the most important things about ministry that we need to learn. We, we think that, you know, if I get a gift, it's just I have the gift and it's just automatically going to flow. And, and the reality doesn't always work like that. You have to fan it into flame. Yes, the Holy Spirit, as the gift of God, is inside of us, and He releases all kinds of gifts through us, and we believe that very strongly. But we have responsibility. We have to fan into flame what God has placed inside of us, the fire that is lit inside of us. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. And obviously the testimony about our Lord is the gospel, nor of me, His His prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. That, that verse is so beautiful to me because notice how Paul talks about the gospel in different ways. He, he, he talks about the gospel as a testimony about our Lord. Um, we are witnesses. We testify. Witnesses just testify of what they've seen and heard and experienced. But then he says, nor of me his prisoner. Now, was it Jesus who had locked him up in, in, a, in a prison? Why is he saying he's prisoner? And, and I'll tell you why he says he's prisoner. Because Paul looks at everything through the lens of the gospel. And he says, well, I'm in prison. Um, but I know God's in control of my life. And God's, I'm, I'm God's sent one. I've been sent by him. And I'm sent to live everywhere as though he sent me there. So that means I'm his prisoner. <laughs> I'm not in a prison that he created, but he sent me into this prison for a reason. I, I think whenever Paul got sent to prison, it was like a study break and like a, a sabbatical to write letters. Most, Many of his letters, not all of them, but many of them were written from prison. So God is like, okay, those churches need some letters. Paul, off to prison you go, you know. <laughs> Take a break, write letters. <laughs> and Paul was right. But, but I mean, I'm just so astonished at, at the degree to which he looked at life, at his life, and interpreted life through the lens of the gospel. So much so that he could say, I'm not a prisoner of Caesar, I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I'm, G- I'm his prisoner. <clears throat> um, but sharing the suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of His own purpose and grace, which He gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. 
for which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Just notice how, once again, Paul looks at, at his ministry through the gospel. He says, certain things have been entrusted to me. I've been given a responsibility. I've been given um, a, a charge. I've been called with a holy calling. But it's not as though I can guard until that day the things that have been entrusted to me. I'm trusting him to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. And it, yes, it has been entrusted to me, but I depend on him because he is the one that guards it. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith, uh, in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, God the good deposit entrusted to you. And, and, and that is our main qualification as ministers is the fact that, the, and as Christians in general, that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. That's how Stephen and Lauren minister. That's how Handra and, and Mezen will minister. That's how all of us, because every member is a minister, all of us can minister because all of us, if we are born again, if we are born of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us and works through us. Um, in 2 Timothy 2 verse 15, it says, do, not do, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who, who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. When he says rightly handling the word of truth, the implication is that you can also wrongly handle the word of truth. And, and we as ministers, every member as a minister, we will either be approved or we'll be ashamed. And we're approved not if people approve of us and say you've done well, but if we present ourselves to God as those approved. In other words, we must learn the skill and I think Lauren and Steph really got this uh, right very well. The skill of living for an audience of one. Are you able to live for an audience of one? Do you live for many people, all the people out there who have all the expectations of you? Whether they, that be in the workplace or in the family or wherever. Do you live for their expectations or for what you think their expectations are? Or do you live for God? Do you live for an audience of one? Present yourself to God as one approved. A work who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. Second Timothy 2 verse 1 to 3 says, And you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses in trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus now I know Andre went to to, uh, to the military he was in the army so I think that, that verse will speak to him nicely he knows what it be, means to be a good soldier and I know he also has a, a big passion for disciple making and, 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 and disciple making is, is a crux as, as we heard of what we do. We reach nations and generations through disciple-making, leadership development, and church planting. And um, leaders are just disciple-makers. And churches are just communities of disciples. 
So the, at the heart of what we do is disciple making. And notice here how Paul says that discipleship is a self-perpetuating process. It's implied in the Great Commission when Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And part of what I've commanded you is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. So can you see how it's a self-perpetuating process? Uh, and, and notice there are four generations of disciples here. Paul says, um, and what you have heard from me. So I, Paul, delivered certain things to you, Timothy, in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust to faithful men. You know, it's Timothy, you entrust these things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Can you see the four generations of disciples? Paul, Timothy, faithful men who are able to teach others also. And, and that's what we're all called to do. We're all called to make disciples. We're all called to be disciple makers. We're all called, let me put it this way, we're all called to make disciple makers. We're not just called to make disciples. We're called to make disciple makers, to find faithful men and women that we can entrust this greatest treasure of all to, um, who can able, will be able to teach others also. Um, and notice how he says, be strengthened in the grace of that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, in order to do this, there's no way we can do this by ourselves. It's by the grace of God in Christ Jesus that we can make disciple makers. I'm almost done. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience, by rejecting the some have made shipwreck of their faith. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to stop there, and I'm just going to read a charge to us as a congregation as well. Um, and if you receive Andre as a pastor, um, I, I'm going to read it um, through, the, through the commitments. And at the end, in fact, why, why don't you stand while I'm reading through it? Yeah, yeah. Andre Mizen, can you guys come forward so long, please? If you if you agree with it and accept it, at the end I'll I'll ask you how do you respond, and then you can just say by God's grace we will, okay? By God's grace we will. Uh, are you willing to offer Andre? God's servant, your wholehearted support by way of prayer, honoring, respect, and obedience to the leading of the Holy Spirit through him. In the light of the demands of Scripture, will you attentively observe his example and imitate his faith as he commits himself to keep watch over your spiritual welfare as one who would be called to render an account to God for this trust? According to Hebrews 13, verse 17 and 18, which says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they uh, are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us as leaders, for we are sure that we have a clear conscience desiring to act honorably in all things. And finally, would you, would you so recognize his responsibility and authority uh, 
in this regard as to make his duty as a shepherd a joyous and not a grievous one. How do you respond? Amen. <laughs> okay. I, Andre Ferreira, solemnly and sincerely accept without reserve all the terms and conditions of the sacred church. Moreover, I acknowledge the truth that God, through Christ, has saved me and called me with a holy calling, not, a calling, not according to any merit on my part, but according to his own purpose and grace which were given to me before the world, world began. I therefore humbly accept this appointment of grace according to the measure of Christ's gift, for which I have received giftings of grace and a calling from God that are irrevocable, even though many are called but few are chosen. For this reason I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until that day. He is able to keep me from falling and to present me before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, since his grace is sufficient for me. For his strength and power is fulfilled and completed in my human weakness. Can I ask the elders and the deacons and safeties to come forward? The leaders. Let's just stretch out our hands towards them and trust God for his blessing. Uh, I'm just going to give an opportunity for anyone who wants to pray for them, and then I'll um, anoint them and, and close in prayer. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for the testimony that they live, Lord. The testimony, Lord, of faith and um, grace, Lord. The testimony to believe that you are who you say you are, Jesus. And we just thank you, God, for what you're going to impart through them into us as a congregation, Father, how you're going to use them. Father, and I just thank you that you are going to download blueprints, especially to Andre, Lord God. I just see this construction hat. I see these blueprints, Father. I see vision, God. I see just an anointing of strategy over him, Father. I thank you, Lord, that he is just going to know, God, that you are strong where he is weak, Father. Lord, we pray for their marriage, God. We thank you, Father, for strengthening and a protection over their marriage, God. We thank you for clear communication, Father, intimacy, just a increased intimacy on all levels, Father. And lastly, I just want to pray for the children, Lord. I want to thank you, God, for Micah, for Azile, and for Josh, God, that they get to take part in this obedient step, Lord, that their parents are taking, Father, that each one of them will flourish, each one of them will grow, Lord God, and each one of them will know that the reward in heaven is for them as well. We pray your blessing over them too. Yes, Lord, we thank you that they carry your heart, Lord, and um, we just thank you for their heart for people, Father, and we thank you, Lord, for the, the anointing, Lord, for discipleship that rests on them, Lord, and, um, and I agree with what Lauren prayed, Father, and I just thank you, Father God, that they have, 
they have the heart for discipleship, Lord, but also the, the knowledge as well as the, the hands in a sense, Lord, the practical tools, Father God. And, uh, and we just thank you, Father God, for so much fruit, Lord, um, in discipleship, Lord, making disciple makers, Father God, to flow through them, Lord, in this season, Father. Yes, God, we, we, we know you've, you bring seasons, Lord. Although I'm never sure whether Solomon was mostly cynical or mostly wise when he said there's a time for everything under the sun. God, we pray for, for discernment uh, in their lives, Lord. For them to keep step with you, for them to keep in step with you and the people around them. Lord Jesus, for them to know the time they're in. For them to be able to just discern where they're at, God. Discern where the church is at. Discern where the people around them are at, Lord. Not to feel overburdened. Not to feel um, in the wrong place at the right time, God. Lift, lift up um, people around them, God, to help them with this. To, to speak to them and to, to speak your time in God. Help them with the seasons, Lord Jesus, in a very, very divine and dynamic way, Lord. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowl and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. Your Father, we thank you that you are their refuge, God. Father, that you are Almighty God in their lives, God. And Lord, I thank you for two people that are so committed to your house, God, and yeah, Father, just committed to your bride, Lord, um, that their hearts are fully into it, look, God, that they, there's not, not a part of them, Father, that feels that they don't want to do it, that they don't want to be here, Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that, Father, that because they're trusting in you, God, I pray that they always just trust in you as their refuge, as their God, as their guidance, Lord God, as, as um they said, Lord, that they would never trust in, in their own wisdom, Father, and their own strength, God. But thank you that they can really draw from you, God, draw from your anointing, draw from your blessing, God, draw from your spirit, Lord God. And, and Father, they will not um, ever feel, God, that they are empty or that they're going through barren lands, God, because they know where to find the oasis, God. They know where to go, Father, to find the living waters, God, in Jesus' name, Lord. And we thank you, Father, that we can also come around them and yeah, and just lift up their, their arms and just encourage them, God. Yeah, Father, we've seen, Father, they really two people that know how to suffer well, God. And Lord God, we thank you that they also bring that, my God, just teaching people around them how to suffer well and, and how to really see God in every situation, God. We honor them for that, Lord God, that they can see you, Father, they're already seeing their world, Father, through, through godly eyes. Thank you that their worldview is already through the gospel, God, and I thank you for Im that they will impart that to all of us, God. Lord, I thank you that you are committed to them, Father God. And that you are for them, God. And that if you are for them, then no one can be against them, God. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. And, and therefore, Lord, we now just commit them to you, Lord God. We just, Lord, I just uh, anoint Andre, Lord God, as pastor, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen him, Lord God, and appointed him to this position, Lord. And thank you, Lord God, that, that Lord, you say, Lord, that 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, Lord, that you give them, Lord, as gifts to the church, Lord. And we receive, Andre, and we receive Mezen, we receive them and their family, Lord, as a gift from your hand, Lord God. And we just consecrate them to you in Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord, that you take care of them, Lord God. We want to pray, Lord God, that all your richest blessings will rest upon them, Lord. We pray, Lord, that your gospel, your good news, Lord, the greatest story ever told will be put on display in their lives, Lord God. That through their lives, in their lives, Lord God, even if it's painted on a, Lord, a backdrop of that includes a lot of suffering, Lord, that, that it will be immense goodness that will be put on display in their lives, Lord God. Lord, that, that people will, will look at their lives and say, wow, look at how God loves them. Look at how God uses them. Look at how God blesses them. Look at how God takes care of them. Look at how God leads them. Look at how God uses them, Lord. We just, we just consecrate them to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live inside of them. Thank you that you live inside of all of us and that you make us competent as ministers of the new covenant, Lord. That you are the one, Lord, working in us and through us, Lord. And, and we, we thank you, Lord, that this oil just represents you, Lord, Holy Spirit. And how you're working, how, Lord, how you're upon them and inside of them and that you, how you're working through them. And we just commit them to your care. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you will express yourself through them. And through the, the, the calling that you've placed upon them in Jesus' name. We bless them as a family, Lord God. And we pray that they'll constantly know your presence your covering, your blessing, your shalom, your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now come, we're going to do a prophetic handing over the baton. Okay, there we go. Here's a baton. How do you run in school? Hold the baton behind you. There we go. You must give it to them. We're handing over the baton. Yay! Woo! Amen. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this message from Shofar Joburg. May the grace you receive produce God's greatest glory and your greatest good. For more information and sermons, please visit our website at www.shofar.joburg.com.